This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Geek Girl Realty. Are you looking for that fortress of solitude or a cottage in the woods? Geek Girl Realty can help you out. Check them out at www.geekgirlrealty.com. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we're here with Tanner from Yarrow Studios to talk about something really awesome. If you play D&D, you play any type of role-playing game that is medieval uh, awesomeness, this is the book for you. Let's let's not even... So I'm not going to lie, I'm really excited about uh, meeting with Tanner today, because mm-hmm. I saw this book online, and I don't play as much D&D, but I play other board games, and so uh-huh. I'm always on the search for good maps, like yeah. maps that I can actually use for my miniatures. Well, I mean, this is something really cool. So uh, it is on Kickstarter right now. Days less left. Jump on it. But most importantly... Friday, right? It's, it ends Friday. Yeah, it should end Friday. It's going to be like in two days yeah. after this airs. The cool thing about this is, is you know, like when I'm playing D&D, I have my mat, I have my dry erase markers. I have to draw out a ship or a cave or something like that. Or an inn. You have that in the book. You can just plop the book down. It's already there for you. You have these really cool stick cling stickers that you can put on there so that you can add other things. You know, like for those of you that can see over here off to the side, we got a boat and we got little boats, um, which is just really cool. I don't have to draw that up. It's there and available for uh, the players to look at and, and do. So where did this idea come from? Because... It had to germinate from somewhere. Yeah, you, Dan, you hit it right on the head. The very first time I ever played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, okay, so I always had this like internal desire to mm-hmm. try it. Yeah. And this is this is a lie because that's not the first time. The first time I ever went was in high school and I convinced all my football buddies to go play. And I had to pretend that I didn't like it because they all hated it. <laughs> and I was like, God, this is so, this is not fun. And we went to Dragon's Keep and we totally ruined some random people's game. They were oh. totally nice enough to let us play. And I feel so bad. But I always, from that point on, I always knew that it was something that I would like. Mm-hmm. So the very first time that I actually played and tried to understand it was at the local comic book shop. I... They, I knew that they played like the Adventures League on Saturdays or oh. Wednesdays or something. And so I went on one of those days and I had my character sheet ready to go and I had my miniature and I was so excited. And we sit down and the dungeon master starts explaining that we are have been hired to uh, clear this dungeon of kobolds. Okay. They've taken hold in this keep and I'm like, Yes, I'm so excited. Like, I'm this orc barbarian. Like, okay, I go into a barbarian rage before it even starts. And he pulls out this gridded mat, mm-hmm. pulls out a dry erase marker, and then starts doodling and away. draws the first room. And I was like, this is so cool. Okay, so now I have a visual, and he, he draws it pretty quickly, right? It's a circle, and, yeah. and it's a kind of a cave entrance, and he goes, okay, so you have, a, you have an exit to the south. You guys can't really see down that way. You have an exit to the, the west, and you got an exit behind you to the north. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like a computer game, like choose your own adventure, like yeah. point-and-click mm-hmm. adventure. And so I'm like, I speak up, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go that way. And he pulls out a squirt bottle. <laughs> Starts erasing the whole thing, draws the next room. Like 20 minutes later, we're in the next room and there's still <laughs> nothing in there. Yeah. 
And I'm like, and he's like, okay, now there's only two exits. You can come back the way that you came or you can go straight. I'm like, is there anything else in the room? He's like, no. (laughs) And I was like, this is miserable. This is not, there's gotta be a better way. And luckily I decided that I wasn't going to let this be my only experience Mm -hmm. with D&D. Yeah. Because I'd seen Community. I'd watched a little bit of Harmon Quest. And I knew that there was so much more to it. I wanted to dink around with my friends, you know. And and we weren't. We were drawing maps on on a whiteboard. So that was the precursor to this. Then I played D&D for three years and uh, realized that something like this needs to exist yeah no that's where it came from i mean that's that's, i i I know exactly your pain i think Um, we all know your pain i remember my first map and it was okay circle rock here rock here and it's just like i'm looking at three circles on a on a piece of paper here Mm -hmm. Uh, what else is there like yeah that pain you don't know if you can hide behind it or if you need to stand on top of it or if it's a column that's going all the way to the ceiling yeah and then to make it more immersive, the DM's going to have to sit there and draw barrels and tables. Otherwise, you'll find yourself saying, is there anything I can hide behind? Yeah, there's a table. Okay, flip it over. Well, it's actually too big to flip over. It's like 30 feet long. Mm-hmm. When, when in, in, in the book, you, you go to the inn and you can see, let's see, where's the inn? He's flipping through massive pages of awesomeness. Some of you will be able to see this. Some of you <laughs> just have to hear the pages flipping. If you want to see uh, some samples of these, go to the Kickstarter. Um, they've got samples of some of the, they've got some detailed samples of the maps. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, that's really cool. It, it saves valuable time uh, for the DM. He doesn't have to describe it. It's there. It's visual. They can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Not only uh, that, but like it saves time, uh, table time. Yeah. But also for the DM in preparation. Yeah, yeah, because you... Like, he doesn't have to spend, you know, three days of drawing maps. That, yeah, that was the other thing. So three years playing Dungeons & Dragons, the last year I really... I got the DM's mm-hmm. manual, the Dungeon yeah. Master's Guide, and started diving into Dungeon Mastering a little bit. And time and time again, I would prepare this awesome campaign that my friends didn't care about at all, Mm -hmm. right? The very first time I remember setting up this huge train battle, I went into my computer on Illustrator and I did each train car and I'd set treasure chests and I went through and did, okay, this is in this chest, this is in this chest, this is in this chest. And they got on the train and they looked into the next car and it was filled with zombies and I had a reasoning for that and they punched out the window and jumped out of the train. Yep. (laughs) And I spent like four hours preparing every single piece of the train. I can feel your pain. They went straight to the bar. They got drunk and got in a bar fight. Mm -hmm. And I had to whip out a piece of paper and draw a square. Yeah. And so the book covers that. So you can still prepare an awesome campaign. But as a dungeon master, it doesn't force you to shoehorn anything. Yeah. Right. You know what? You guys want to go to a bar? There's a tavern. There's the bar. That's <laughs> yeah. five pounds of book hitting your table. Yeah. No, I, I, there is a great comic, uh, Dork Tower comic from years and years ago. I'm going to age myself. Anyways, it's really awesome because a lot of it, it you see, a, you know, they're talking about, um, you, know, you see guys that like they're playing D&D. And you see the DM saying, all right. So you slay the zombie lord, you kill the vampire, and it just keeps going off the werewolf, the dragon, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, it was awesome. This was the greatest campaign ever. He's like, but you forgot to save the princess. 
<laughs> I mean, that's, that's a typical D&D game. It seems like you spent all this time preparing, have this awesome, you think this is going to be the greatest adventure ever. We're going to go save the princess. We're going to go do this. And it's like the first encounter, like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. We're not we're, doing that. We're going to go slay trolls over, you know, in the north. What was wing. that random NPC that you mentioned earlier? He's our new best friend, and we're going to go spend all of our time with him. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I actually had that happen in a campaign. Uh, that I was DMing, we were, uh, the party was called to the queen's birthday party Mm -hmm. with the sole purpose of protecting the queen. She had been given death threats that an assassination attempt was going to happen. Her royal guards or whatever heard through, heard through the different networks that they have that there was going to be an assassination attempt at her birthday. So she was hiring these adventurers to protect her. Mm -hmm. Well, they get to the party. They're trying to come up with a game plan and they, and, and, and the cleric, I think suggests, what if we disguised one of ourselves as the queen, kind of as a decoy? Oh, great idea. Yeah. They sneak through the castle. They find the queen's room. They spend an hour in real world time taking turns trying on the queen's dress and then going outside and trying to convince a guard or a servant that they're the queen. And they decide, because they were arguing to see who, they, who was going to be the best queen, who was going to be the best drag mm-hmm. Yeah. Literal, quite literal, a wow. drag queen. Yeah, yeah. And finally the rogue goes out, rolls like a nat 20 on his uh, deception, and this guard is like bowing at his feet. And so he goes back and he goes, they think I'm the queen, like this is perfect. They go downstairs to find that the assassination attempt had happened. It was <laughs> successful because there was nobody there to protect Oops. her. And uh, But the rogue did make a quite devilish... Uh, yeah queen there for a little bit <laughs> maybe maybe he becomes the queen after that i mean with a 20 deception <laughs> yeah everybody was probably really confused i think we were just yeah. dying laughing at that point no, that they had awesome. completely neglected their <laughs> they their neglected sole mission. their mission and, no, it's like, and it's it's so easy to neglect things sorry going back to the map like for me it's always easy to neglect what is also in the room because uh, for me like every time we go into a new room mm-hmm. uh, on any of our games I'm always trying to remember everything. I'm, I'm jotting down little notes because we've got the map sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we have a map. Sometimes we just have to use our imaginations. And it's hard to actually uh, be able to recall every little thing. And I remember Dan's actually slipped me up once or twice saying, you do know that there's one more guard right over there, right? And I was like, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not know At that. least I was being nice to remind you. Because uh, you could have been, hey, I'm going to go pull the fire alarm and you know the guard's watching you the whole time. Um, See, theater, theater of the mind is fun, and yeah, there's definitely some is. added benefit. It's a lot. The first games that I really started loving D&D was all theater of the mind. Yeah. Our DM, we didn't bring minis. We didn't bring anything. You were pretty much always in range of what you were trying to do. If, if you're mm-hmm. trying to hit the giant, if you're trying to... And, and it took out movement. And so as my first introduction to D&D, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Because it was like we were just like making things up together and it was awesome. But the more that you play, you start to dive into the player's handbook and you realize there, there's total rule sets for pushing. Yeah. But in theater of the mind, when would you ever push? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, obviously your listeners are going to be like, well, yeah, there's plenty of situations. But what I wanted to create is let me, just, let me just go to one map here, one of the many in here. I wanted to fill them with kind of hazards. So I have a map in here, the Dwarven Forge. We've talked about it a lot on the Kickstarter. You can go and see it. Well, and one thing I just noticed, you know, with the pages, you had some dry erase marker markings, so you can even 
write in things. Yeah, that is also. Exciting. Oh yeah, so no, we'll totally like, we'll totally get into that. But if if you're here, I mean, you're. I think maybe that, that camera looks like it's got a wide angle. Yeah. They might be able to pick it up. Yeah. But oh, uh, you got You got to I'll describe the scene. It's an undermountain Dorvan Forge, and the forge is powered by giant lava yeah. pools. And what's cool about a map like this is, yeah, you could draw it. And, and spend all that time where you can just open it up. You have a Dorvan battle. And now when you're fighting and you get backed up against the ledge, don't do damage. Just push them back five feet. They're, they're yeah. sitting in a pool of lava. Yep. And, but, and vice versa for the DMs, you now have a way more interesting combat yeah. because there's hazards around you. Well, not only that, as you get closer to the lava, if you're not a dwarf or someone that's used to that, you're going to be taking heat damage uh, your armor is probably going to be heating up. That's not going to be comfortable. Uh, I mean, there's tons of different hazards or even you know negatives effects that they're going to be taking. Uh, yeah, the, I just, I mean, like that bridge there. If they're they're fighting right next to there. I, I could be. There's a whole bunch of fun obstacles that could be and disadvantages that could be coming to mind. Obstacles and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. That's that that should be your middle name. No. No, as a DM. The obstacle and disadvantage DM. That's, well, yeah. I that's, mean, that's, that's as a DM, right you think of, okay, how can I trip my players up? And if you're like back, your back's pressed to lava, you're not used to that heat, your armor is heating up, it's like, all right, you're going to get disadvantaged for every attack swing because you're literally almost on fire. This, this armor is heating up to a point that is scalding your skin. And so I chose the name very carefully. It is called Immersive Battle Maps because... Yeah. It wasn't something that I realized when I was creating it, but it has allowed us to be so much more immersive for the players yeah. because of things exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It, it creates worlds that, that exist, and the dungeon master doesn't have to describe every small detail just mm-hmm. so that the players can throw clay pots at the enemies to distract them. They're mm-hmm. right there, right? Yeah. The clay pots are there. The, the and lava if not, hazards. If they're not, you've got the uh, little add-ins that you can actually throw in there. Yeah. yeah. So the last map is actually just a blank courtyard. Courtyard. Yeah. It's nice. just dungeon floor, a uh, uh, cobblestone floor. And this was a Kickstarter live video that I did. The, the lamination's kind of coming off on on this production sample. It was a handmade sample, and it, we've already taken care of that uh, in China. Yeah. Yeah. With with our manufacturer. But we did a Kickstarter live where we just like we we worked our way through it as if it was a one inch grid map mm-hmm. like that that I that I despised so nice. much in my earlier times. <laughs> but the stickers allow you to do it so much faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like the difference between a book and we'll say a movie. You know, in when you're writing the book, you have to describe what. Yep. is around that, you know, whether it's first person or third person, you're describing the scene. You have to do it in detail so that the reader can pick up on all those things. When you're doing a screenplay, you don't have to do as much. You know, it's just like... Leave it to the production managers? Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is walked into a fire station. You know, a lot of, you know, and then they do the rest yeah. because visually... And, they're enter left be fire that. station. Yeah. You know, but in a book, you have to describe the fire station, the scents, the smells, the looks. So, I mean, this is pretty much that. It's like a script, you know, and you're watching the movie, you don't need to describe all those little details because they can just look right there at the book and say, okay, there's a fire pit, there's a, there's a, yeah. there's a tent, yeah. exactly. or, or there's a magic circle. Hmm. It allows uh, you so much more time to 
play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah. Which is why we're here in the first place. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's like the Dungeons and Dragons manual. Like, you could play without having all the manuals, but as soon as you bring more manuals in, you have so much more world to play with. And with this, it's a little imagination booster. You know, it helps them to become mm. more involved. And so I like how you I like this. It. New trap for Scott. Oh, so I wonder why we haven't played in the, in the wow. Kickstarter live. The, the trap we showed them is kind of a, a, a wall-mounted spinning saw blade. Does it eject out? When when we did the Kickstarter <laughs> live, I put them on these columns, and so they would spin around the columns Ooh. every every turn. They had their own initiative. They'd do a full loop. So if you were caught in that loop, uh, you were taking saw blade damage. Taking notes. Yeah, so so what's really cool is is the color form stickers. When I originally came up with that idea, I I almost pitched it as a joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. to my my D and D friends, and I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if it was like one of those children's books that you that you give to your kids, occupy them for hours, like the Barbie dress up, where yeah. you, they mm-hmm. grab the dress yep. and the hair yep. and the and and I remember my really good friend Buddy was just like, that's amazing, that has to happen. And I was like, well, I was joking. He's like, I'm not. That needs to happen. And the Kickstarter community has absolutely latched on and like even convinced me. And obviously, in hindsight, it's so awesome and it's so fun. So one thing that we did with the Kickstarter community was we came up with a list of 150 spells and created spell stickers for them. For every 150 different spells. So so I think there's 150 sp- stickers on the dungeon dressing page, but the spells I think is 50. I think I misspoke, but the spells are giant. So Circle yeah, of yeah. Death is like, takes up the bottom half of the spell sheet. Sweet. And so you Fireball. cast Circle of Death on yourself. You can pull off that giant eight inch by eight inch sticker and set it down and put your character on it. And now that area is... A Circle of Death. Yeah, you keep track of your spells. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it is. Um, that's incredible. I like that setup. I already have an idea for it. Like, stop it. You have a stop pedestal it. in the middle with whatever you have to get, and the columns are close enough that the saws actually Tanner, interconnect gonna, over the top, and you have to duck and weave. We're not and trying to get show that anymore. Thing. We're done. We're here's, done. Here's, a, here's another good one I used to torture my parties. There's a bat, there's a batatorial arena in there. So it's this even is better. the hedge maze. Nice hedge mages are awesome. I put my characters in the middle of the hedge maze, and they started their challenge. And they have to get out. They had no. They had to locate four objects hidden in the hedge maze before oh, this sinking black cloud of impending doom was slowly sinking. So they had a set amount of turns, which meant that they had to split up in the hedge maze. And I had owl bears and iron golems hiding throughout. So again, it it adds just totally different levels to combat that you don't mm-hmm. get unless you're going to draw out an entire hedge maze. Or yeah. are the, uh, what's your favorite author? The oh, I have so many. That, that's that's not even a fair. I, I don't know if you can actually say on the show, right? Because, or, or if you're the Dan favorite, Swenson my, of no. storytelling. My, my, Let's just say J.K. Rowling. No, I mean my favorite is Bob Salvatore, R.A. Salvatore. You know, Dritz and stuff like that. So, uh, this would work perfect for his stuff too. Yeah. Um, no. I, Except for I'm looking at this hedge mage and I'm thinking, oh, there needs to be, you know, gelatinous cu- cubes and um, rust monsters. And what I also like is, there you go. I mean, yeah. for people who think that uh, this takes away from, like, getting this would take away from their games, you still have the option 
of doing the complete independent custom games. You have the back page. Um, you have other pages that you can actually still customize. Yeah. But this is something that's nice on the fly, especially when your characters go completely off. Or you can use it as a base to create something. Well, and that's the nice thing about D&D, is if you don't like that, then don't do it. I mean, there's so many different rule sets in the game. And even Wizards of the Coast has said, if you don't like that rule, throw it out. You don't need to do that. It, this is just like a bunch of guidelines. I mean, if you don't want to have the book and that visualization, that's okay. It's awesome. If you want to make things a little bit more simpler for you, yeah. I mean, instead of describing how the hedge mage looks and everything like that, you can just open it up. Here's our hedge mage. You know, here's the chest you have to get to and, and so on and so forth. They can kind of overall see it. Um, or maybe you don't put those down because you want them to try to wander around. But that's the fun. You get to choose what you're going to do, and this does make the game a little bit easier for you and your job because you don't have to sit there and write out this long uh, description of everything. I, I think everybody's going to be really excited with it. We've, I mean, I've made games. We've talked on the show before yeah. about other board games. And after playing your board game a hundred times, you kind of get burnt out on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you still love it, right? It's your mm -hmm. board game and it's fun. Um, I've, I've never stopped needing to use this. And I, and I love to use it. And the back pages have obviously come in more handy mm -hmm. now that, that my yeah. players have been to the same inn multiple times. Um, but something to get excited about is the next book we've already started working on I was with just our artist. I was just about to ask. So the next book is a full... 32 page, no, sorry, 64 page, but each map, 32 maps of a dungeon that is basically a choose your own adventure. So in the sense that page one is the entrance to the dungeon, there's also other pages with alternate entrances to the dungeon. But on each page, you open the first page, there's a door here and a door here, and this door would take you to page two. This door would take you to page six. Oh, nice. that's beautiful. So the whole dungeon is cohesive and connected, and, and the first page will show you kind of the layout of the dungeon if you wanted to make photocopies or whatever. But it's also going to come with a little DM's guide that will tell you what is in each room and nice. how they connect. And that was something that we learned with this book was, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with a module here and there. And, yeah. and, and the create, you could still be just as creative using a module, and a lot of people love it to be able to... So the next book will come with some form of module guide. You could still totally use it to your own heart's extent. The next book's going to have like a, just a room of just treasure, uh, nice. spider webs. We have a chessboard, all a Harry Potter for as mm -hmm. part of the dungeon. You can just get creative and fun with that. And then just like tons of generic passageways and... So, so what I'm hearing you say is that this is only the first book of many, or at least two. Are, are, are we thinking like a series of books down the line? Or are we so, yeah, obviously it fits such a, a niche in that like you just kind of keep it in your back pocket. The first book's common locations. But I have so many fun ideas. And as, if we can start attaching modules and campaigns to them, then, then there's no limit. I, I mean, it's... It's only a matter of time before Wizards of the Coast starts to do these books with their campaign modules. Yeah. So what's interesting is the first book actually has everything that you need to run Curse of Strahd. Nice. Because I just got done running Curse of Strahd, and the biggest pain in my butt was having to find the maps. Yeah. They print them in the book, but they're like smaller than your hand. Yeah. yeah. And so you either need to redraw the crypt when you're helping that chick with her dad's dead body, or... You just buy my map book, you turn to the crypt page, there you go, it's done. Yeah. So 
in the future, yeah. So we have the dungeon book. We're also working on another book that's called uh, Environments. Okay. So it's going to be 30 pages of just environments, swamps and snow fields and Jeez. lava. That one's actually going to come with a module we're writing called uh, Potions and Poisons. Mm-hmm. How to? It's going to be a super in-depth guide to using potions and poisons and creating them in 5e. So the sticker sheets will be all the different plants and materials um, and then everybody on the, a lot of people on the Kickstarter want a sci-fi book. Nice. So as of now, there's four books planned, um, but they're so fun to make. The sky's the limit, really. And we also have other ideas. When some, when, as soon as like the, the bigger companies rip us off, hopefully we have, I mean, because you can't protect, patent protect a book like this. Yeah, right. You got, you have, well, it's an you idea. have to run quickly. Yeah. Right. And, and, but we have so many other ideas that are just just as cool and and just as innovative that are going to bring D&D into the 21st century that I think people need to get excited about. But that's the thing, even if the big companies do it, you guys are the first. You guys are the name in this book. I think yeah, yeah I think we could right? I think we could do the first four books this year, which gives us quite the runway. Mm-hmm. Um We've already been talking to the biggest distributor in the U.S. for D&D stuff. And so if it, the Kickstarter, obviously, is a great place to get the product. Uh, it'll come with the stretch goals. It's a great place to pick and choose what sticker packs you want. Uh, but your local comic book shop should have it by Christmas. Nice. That's awesome. So jump on the Kickstarter now to get it before Christmas or wait till Christmas. That's your choice. I say now. Well, and there's incentives yeah. for, for the Kickstarter yeah. backers. There's the two-book pledge comes with sticker packs. Uh, and, and it's like $20 cheaper. And nice. you can also like pit the two books together. I saw in the Kickstarter, right? So you can have two books like on different pages or even the same pages to make an even bigger map. Yeah. If you put the two hedge mazes together, you now have a gigantic hedge maze. There's yeah. the siege on the castle wall and the open field. There's the boat. And one of the stretch goals was just a page of just water, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be fun. You'll be able to figure out how to use that. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, so many ways to drown me. Thank you, Dan. No, 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 no. But speaking of ideas, what there are Krakens. There are Krakens. There are. That would be a good sticker pack. Yeah. People don't like monsters because they want to save the minis, but something like Kraken, like it's kind of more hazard than it is monster. Well, it's also, it's almost land. It's all, it's like a piece of land that you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a dwarf that needs to be tossed onto the Kraken. Is that just like that is like the rite of passage for mm. any medium to small yeah. player characters? You have to be thrown, yeah, at something. Even being a medium-sized character, I've been thrown and lugged around, uh, used as a. Uh, oh, uh, so I've jumped off of things. So we were on a flying ship. I was running a. I was doing a charity game. Um, I was an old sea dog named Lem. No, Cod. Lem was my buddy, like super old, and. My wish, I, I was granted a wish that my beard would be long and mighty and never and indestructible, couldn't be broke. So I had this massive beard, like I would wrap it around my head, you know, use as a, like a nice little helmet. That's um, awesome. But at one point, we're in this flying ship and these harpies are coming, and I, I use an axe, I use a big old battle axe. And so I run, jump off throw my beard to my buddy and go, Lem, grab my beard. And I'm fla- flailing around off the side of the, the, 
this ship just spinning around with my axe out, just destroying these harpies with my indestructible beard. If you're listening, you're probably not on the fence of whether or not to play Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but if you for some reason are listening to Dungeon Crawlers yeah. and are on the fence as to whether or not you should play this game, yeah, they're probably that is are. the reason. Well, no, it's, you get to be creative. You get to do stuff that you don't. Um, it's a great outlet. Uh, you know, how, how often do you get to go trudging through a cave destroying goblins in real life? It doesn't exist. It doesn't or exist. Or flying on a carpet. Or flying on a carpet, jumping up the side of a flying ship, uh-huh. you know. Attached, someone's holding onto your beard, and you're killing harpies. Or I mean, the list goes on and on. My daughter holds onto my beard. Does that count? It does. But does she ki- spin you around? But is she killing harpies? She tries. She tries. Yeah. She tries. She tries them. But you know that's the fun, and it's it's creative. It's a way to get your express, you know, your creation, creative outlet out. Um, you know, that's what where I started writing was through writing modules and adventures, and then that's just expanded onto writing novels, um, and you, a lot of these other fantasy authors out there you know when you get down or talk to them they did play D in the past and that kind of fueled that and got them to a point of hey i i could make a story out of this um that's really it just seems to be kind of the common denominator uh and it's fun it's yeah. fun to sit down with a group of buddies and play this game have some fun for a couple hours slaughter some goblins or rats or whatever and at the end of the day you have some awesome stories to tell you know oh remember that one time when you, you know your 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 gnome w- had drank a gi- uh, potion of giant strength and held the ceiling up, and we all escaped. That was awesome. Yeah, but I lost an arm. Doesn't matter. You it was still it. awesome. You regrew it in two campaigns. We got you a potion. It grew back. Or a know, metal so, arm. Yeah. Or, or yep. you got a Whatever. Cool that's, metal the, arm. that's D and D. Or yeah. just no arm. You just play with no arm for yeah. the rest of the campaign, and it's fine. Yeah. It, it's cool. You have really cool stories. Even when someone screws up and fails, it's still an awesome story. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, remember that one time you rolled that one and we were in the middle of this massive army and you were trying to convince everyone you were the king? Yeah, that didn't work. Uh, yeah. Well, I had one time I was trapped under a boulder, my character, mm-hmm. and I wasn't pinned, but I was stuck because the, most, the majority of the weight of the boulder was just next to me, but I, I couldn't get out. Okay. And mm-hmm. so my party was going to all assist in lifting up the boulder and the other was going to pull my arm mm-hmm. and he rolled a one on oh, their strength no. check as he pulled me and that is the first time my character has ever died oh uh-huh. i was getting smashed by a giant boulder but <laughs> i think i think we're kind of winding down yeah, to the yeah, end yeah 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 we're um there. what i would add is uh i've had so many ideas to just to make D better mm-hmm. and i've been able to build this one, I, I spent about $2,000 before the Kickstarter even even started. And that was like all I had spent up to that point. And so what I would say is like, if, if any of your listeners are sitting on the fence as to whether or not they should like follow their dreams, it sounds kind of cliche, but I've always wanted to like do something for D&D. Yeah. Uh, I would say do it. It's worth it. And the only difference between me and them now is how many times I've tried and failed. Yeah. And again, that sounds super cliche, but it's, it's true. It's like the one stat that I have against them is that this is like the 50th project I've tried to launch and it's at half a million dollars. And so I would say the faster you can get to 50 projects, the better off you're going to be. But if you're sitting on that idea, just do it. Yeah. And, uh, 
Well, no, I mean, I mean it makes sense uh, you, until you actually try. I mean, if you fail, you learn something. Every I mean, single time that yeah. I've failed, I've, I've learned something. Yeah. And the reason that the Kickstarter has the success that it has, and maybe another time we can get into how to run a successful Kickstarter campaign. This is like my fifth campaign that I've been involved in. Mm-hmm. I took everything that I learned from the first five. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was a marketing intern just watching. Sometimes I was product design helping where I could. But every single time there were mistakes that were made and I've been able to avoid the majority of them and had and have just seen amazing success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so to your point. Honestly, Tanner, I, I think it would be awesome to have you on uh, the show just talking about how to run a Kickstarter. I, I could totally break it down <laughs> in the simplest way to make it seem so possible and doable on like no budget. Obviously, wow. you have to have a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are services out there. I, I built, just in just to kind of tease them a little bit, I built an Instagram up around this product in four months to 13,000 followers generically. Mm-hmm. Is that the word, generically? Yeah. yeah. Meaning, meaning I didn't buy followers, meaning right. I get engagement at well above 10, 20, 30%. I have a post that I did that has 8,000 likes. That's more than half of my followers are liking my yeah. post. Um, I, and there's a, there's a trick to do that very quickly. And then I was able to turn that Instagram into an email list. Mm-hmm. And I was able to turn that email list into $10,000 on the first day. Wow. Funding the first day and starting the snowball effect of funded in 24 hours, a little bit of publicity here, a little publicity there, and not having to spend anything outside of that. Well, that really seems to be key, especially with Kickstarters. When people see, oh, this is funded, I'm not going to have to worry about is it going to fund or not. Um, you know, At least in my mindset with me, if I see it's funded, I automatically jump on it because I don't have to worry so I think a lot of people are that way. It's like, uh, you know, they're on the fence, but if they see that it's funded, they know they're going to get it. Well, it's also the fear of missing out. Like if nobody yeah. else is jumping on, you're like, well, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But if everybody's jumping on, you're like, yeah, yeah it's at half a million. It's, it's, starts it's that, there for it a reason. It starts that snowball effect. And then one other thing we could get into at a later date is just like, one thing I think I did really well with this one was social stretch goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a correct way to do it, I think, because in other campaigns where I didn't have them, for example, in Dungeon Derby's campaign, one that I was a part of, we, ha- we were shared on Facebook seven times. That's it. Oh, wow. Within the first two days, this map book was shared on Facebook a hundred times. If it got shared a hundred times, it unlocked a map. And so everybody we're was sharing. incentivized yeah. when they back it to just click a button and share. Yeah. Yeah. So we have days left. Jump on, because this is awesome. It's going to uh, speed up your, your game time. You don't have to describe everything. You know, maybe there are some scenes you're going to want to, but this will give it for your basic common areas. Like you can see right here, um, there's this beach area. You don't have to describe that. It's already there. There's a wrecked ship and everything else. You have the stickers to add on more details for yourself. This is, yeah, this is just a camp that we made. It's not yeah. part of the it's book. It's really awesome. It's going to be simple. And again, it's just going to level up your game. So with that said... Uh, check it out. Join on the the Kickstarter campaign because it's only going to help uh, these guys out to bring out more awesome, great content. And with that said, we'll catch you next time.